You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. What's up, boys and girls? This is Adi from Gate 7 International. A lovely, lovely preview with Mike from ITV. Mike, how are you doing? Uh, Adi, first of all, thanks for um, inviting me uh, over here for this um, video over here. And I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, big match I had. So, you know, the nerves are always there. Should be should be fun, though. Getting ready to look, uh, look, look out for this match. And, I mean... It's a big one. Atalanta versus Olympiacos. Very tough game, but yeah, optimistic, optimistic. Yeah, it's definitely a big one, big yeah. one for all of us. Uh, and for everybody that doesn't follow your channel, guys, check it out. Italian Football TV, IFTV. These guys are doing great work. The project has blown up for sure. They're official partners with Serie A. They do so much great stuff. Please, guys, go check them out. And if you haven't done so already, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit that button on the bottom and help us grow this Olympiacos community. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get right to it. But before we jump into the Olympiacos Atalanta stuff, Mike, give us a little bit of background. How did you get started with football? Wow, um, big question. I actually got into football kind of late in middle school. Uh, my dad was always into an uh, uh, immigrant from Greece, of course, from Pera, actually, uh, born and oh, raised. Wow. Yeah, so he's a hu- he was always a huge Olympiakov fan. And, of course, that got passed down to me when I started getting into football uh, with a bunch of my um, football buddies in middle school. They're always egging me on to get into it, get in- into it. I was always in a basketball, to be honest. And then I finally started watching it. And then after that, I just it just took over my life pretty much. And then me, me and my buddy Marco started IFTV. Uh, I got into Serie A ever since Manolas was there, uh, Carnesis was there. So I so I started I started slowly getting into it, and I was like, hey, this is a pretty good league. And yeah, the rest is history, to be honest. Uh, it's incredible. And yeah, the stuff that you guys have done over there, so much growth in such a short period of time. Huge, huge, huge props to you guys. Really good stuff. So let's get into it. Everyone's going to be waiting for it. Libyakos Atalanta. Tell us your thoughts, first of all, with Atalanta and how they've disrupted Serie A. Gasparini has done amazing stuff with this team since joining and really shook this up. How have you seen that? Wow, Atalanta, to be honest, I'm such a huge, uh, I'm such a huge fan of them. Uh, first of all, just because the way they're they've been submitting themselves as a top Serie A team is like no other, uh, to be honest. Because it's they're not one of those teams that spend money in the transfer market and stuff like that. They have these homegrown players, and they have one of the best. Um, the youth, the youth system in Primavera is what they say in Italian. And they have 
they have quality scouts that can bring in these players. And the past few years, they've been competing. I wouldn't say competing for the championship, but competing for a top four spot. And uh, with a budget, with a very small budget, which equals to a second division English side, uh, a, a mid second division English side, which is pretty incredible for what they're doing. They got an incredible coach, Gasperini. He's been so he's been so sensational for this, and it's it's uh, it's really his way or the highway, as we've seen uh, as for some previous players like Papu Gomez who was uh, the captain, and they ended up picking Gasperini. It does seem like they made the right decision. But Atalanta's proven everyone wrong of how you can uh, successfully run a team. You don't need all that money. You just need uh, a great organization behind it and great players. And, dude, they are so scary. Whenever they play a top team in Serie A, it's always fun watching. And I'm not sure if you saw a couple days ago, but they got a draw against Juventus, which they could have very well won that game. Juventus ended up equalizing in extra time. So these guys are scary. They really are. We yeah. actually were recording during that game. So, oh. uh, but our our followers were keeping us updated as that good. was happening. They, they are really good. They could have been. Uh, they could have scored another couple of goals. They they missed two open nets pretty much. So. Yeah, that's a yeah. little scary to hear because yeah. I think we were hoping, given the recent dip of form that they had and since the restart after the winter, mm. you know, we were hoping that that would carry into the Olympiacos game. Uh, but kind of sounds like that they were playing really well in that game and maybe perhaps they're on an upswing. What do you make of the early, we'll say, second half dip of form they had? They had that big win against Venezia, but then they weren't really playing too well the last we'll say almost the last month what what do you make of that well they have a lot of the teams uh throughout the season there's usually like a few week patch where they're they don't play the best and it just so happens the past few weeks they had a few injuries they sold uh Gossens, uh probably one of the best left backs in Serie A to their rivals Inter uh Zapata their star striker is going to be out for the season pretty much. Um, he suffered an injury uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, another center back, Palomino, is out. Ilicic, another one of those attacking players, also out. Uh, I believe Miranchuk, another attacking player, out. So they are suffering a lot of players that are out. So it's kind of messing with their, I would say, with their roster and squad. But as you can tell, uh, it doesn't, it's not diminishing them too much because they almost be Juventus, uh, as I was saying. Um, but they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of depth and they have a lot of weapons on their bench that can really hurt Olympiacos. They have a lot of quality. Yeah, no, that, that is true. That is true. Uh -huh. They definitely have, we'll say, a lot more quality than Olympiacos does on paper at the For very sure. least. For sure. Now, let me ask you something. So... Um, the they have in the second half of the season, mm. I should say, since the restart, um, in this little few week dip of form that they have, they haven't possessed quite as well as normal. This is a team that I have watched in Europe dominate Titans, the Titans of Europe in possession. I've watched them play really high intensity, high intensity press, high possession, quick ball movement. Uh, but I didn't see a lot of that so far since the second half of the season started. Uh, in this dip of form. It, do you think that's because of some of the injuries and some of the things that have been happening with the squad? 
No, yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's it's definitely because the the squad roster has been minimized with all these injuries and stuff like that. They they have the mentality. They still really fight for every ball and and stuff like that. So it's no question. It's that and nothing else. It, it is that because I've seen them. I've really paid a close attention to them the past three, four years, and uh, they never really got hit this badly with injuries. So they're trying to cope the best way they can and you know so far they're not doing a bad job since they are um a position below juventus but they have a game at hand so if they do win that they will hop into fourth spot so now given some of the adjustments that gasparini's had to make we saw a couple games ago that he actually used a four-man back line and i remember it was said by one of the announcers that he hasn't used that in years and he he switched with that what is is the game flow of Atalanta changing because of these changes in tactics that have had to be made? Or has the strategy been just the same? They're trying to find ways to make the pieces work. Um, I think the strategy for the most part remained the same. Yeah, they don't they usually with three-man back line, but um Palomino center back was injured, so they did have to switch a few things around. Um, but overall, they pretty much attack the same way. It's obviously they look a lot different without Zapata because with Zapata they usually hold, they have someone that can hold the ball up top. And right now the, uh, they have Muriel that's replacing him, but he's not a big kind of striker that can hold the ball. He's usually like the the play you pass it to for a through ball or like right. a smaller kind of striker that that you feed. So it it might, it, I guess you could say, it change a little bit in terms of attack for sure. And then uh, there was the player that had the that wonder strike, the first goal to open Miranchuk. Uh, yeah, um, tell us a little bit more about him. Miranchuk, that guy, that guy has a cannon of a foot. He if really he, does. He, that guy, um, I believe, I don't know if he's first or second in sh- goals from outside the box, but he loves ripping shots. And he puts so much power that even if the goalkeeper attempts to put it in, you you probably need two hands to kind of parry it away. Uh, we always say, you know, at the top of a box, you see Miranchuk, you got to watch his shot because he, he, his technique is insane. And the way he makes the ball dance in the air, defying gravity, is just so beautiful to see. If you saw it against Juventus, everyone was like, ah, that's too far, that's too far. They laid it off to him. Dude, he ripped the back of the net. Chesney couldn't do anything about that. Now, tell us a little bit about the fullbacks for Atalanta. So one thing that has been a huge complaint for Olympiacos fans this season is that our fullbacks haven't quite been up to par. Oleg has just been run into the ground. He's played at at the midway point of the season. He had as many minutes, I should say. Well, let me take that back. He has more minutes than 50% of football players in Europe will have for the entire season. So crazy stat there with Oleg running to the ground and Kenny Lala has been very inconsistent, but on the flip side, Atalanta has some very dangerous fullbacks. So tell us about them. Yeah. I mean, I was telling you before, Gossens, um, who still recovered from in- injury, he did sign for Inter. That guy was probably my favorite full, full slash wing back in Serie A. Cause he was so fun. He would score. He knows how to assist. He does. He had everything. He was a complete package. So Inter going to have a, Incredible player on the hands. But uh, in the meantime, they do have Zaba Costa. They do have Hatebor, who just came back from injury. And they do have Maile, 
who they can, who they can also bring in. Um, so they definitely have great wing backs. Uh, these guys cover so much ground. These guys run back and defend. They are so so good. It's it's insane. Hatabot is no joke since he came back from injury. And Zabacosa, he looks transformed since he signed for Atalanta. So these guys, I think they're gonna be, I think they're gonna be running up and down the whole game. These guys are someone you gotta guard them, or they're gonna they're gonna cause a lot a lot of problems. I've seen them firsthand. Yeah, uh, well, I definitely believe it. Uh, now, transitioning a little bit away from the fullbacks, I want to pay a little bit of attention to uh, the midfield as well for Atalanta because uh, Gasparini runs uh, when he's running his three back and he's not playing mm-hmm. with the formation. He does that very interesting three four one two. 4 one So explain to us a little bit the relationship between the midfielders there, um, the in, the individuals that are playing in the, in the center mid, the pairing there, and then the I guess the number 10, you can call it, that plays ahead of them. I've seen uh, uh, the la- in, against Juventus, it was Coop Minera. Uh, uh, Pasalic has been there too. Uh, explain to us the role that those midfielders play in this very complex scheme. Yeah, so with Atalanta, their midfield does a lot of work. They usually play with Deron and Proiler as the center midfield, and uh, Kub Miners, who's played for you, uh, played against Juventus. He usually kind of plays that center mid also, but they actually started playing him right in front of that midfield in, in that center attacking kind of uh, formation, you could say. So I think they're going to use that similar kind because they look good against Juventus in terms of uh, building up and uh, counterattacks and stuff like that. Um, and Atalanta play, when they go forward, they put like four, maybe even five guys when they attack. So a lot of the midfielders really go up. They don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of uh, midfielders that really stay back. So they are susceptible on the counterattack. That's one of their biggest weaknesses. When they lose the ball, they got to kind of hurry and run back and try to cover cover ground, cover their space so they don't get exploited over there. Um, but that's the kind of team they are. They attack and defend as a team. So there is a lot of running for Atalanta for sure. It certainly does sound like it. Now, you kind of gave a little bit of this next part away. Kind of, You already brought up the midfield, how you think they're going to line up. How does it look like to you Atalanta will approach this game? How do you think they're going to line up ahead of this game against the Libyacos? Yeah, I think it's going to pretty much be the same lineup um, against how they play with Juventus. Um, I don't think there's going to be any changes unless there were some kind of any kind of injuries, but they're Three-man back line, Demiral, who's been incredible. He's, he's staying healthy, and, you know, he's on loan from Juventus. Um, they have Jim City, uh, then Toloi, their captain, who just came, uh, who's recently coming back from injury. It's going to be them three. It's going to be Juan Musso in the center back, uh, center back as a goalkeeper. Um, he missed the last game because of suspension. So he's going to be back there, and it's going to be Derun, Coop Miners, Froiler, Hatebor and it's gonna be who's the other wing? Zapacosta is probably gonna be. And then it's gonna have Muriel and probably Boga, who they got from Sassuolo. So they're probably gonna play a two, uh, a striking partnership up front. So it's either gonna be a three four one two or three four two one. It's gonna be pretty interta- interchangeable from that side, but I don't see that many changes from from last match. Now, 
the big question that a lot of Albiacos fans are going to have mm-hmm. and what they are really waiting for you to answer is, what does this mean for Olympiacos? And what I'm getting to with that is we're, very, we're pretty confident that Olympiacos is going to do one of two things. And the first thing is we saw against Ike this past Sunday that we ran with a, very, a pretty conservative 4-3-3. It was ugly. It got the job done against them. But probably not something that is going to do very well against Atalanta. That's option one. Option two, which is something we've seen Pedro Martins use a lot uh, ever since he used it against Arsenal last season, and he's used it a lot this season, which has looked ugly and hasn't really worked at all in Greece at the very least, and that is the 3-4-3. The 3-4-3, when we've used it and it's looked okay, is when it's a mid-block. How do you see that with the way Atalanta's playing now in their current form? Is it better for us to use a 3-4-3 mid-block or try and tighten up things with a 4-3-3? Hmm. That's a good question. Because, uh, to be honest, we know Atalanta play with a three-man back line. I mean, to be honest, the best time I've seen Olympiacos was in Europe. I think it was against uh, Fenerbahce. Right, and I that's what I'm first, referring to. And they yeah. actually played very well that first leg, at least. They, yep. you know, they stopped everything. But then the second, like, they didn't look the best. So I, I'm just assuming that it was just uh, a coincidence how well they played. Because they stopped every attack. And I was like, wow, the count, they were so clinical. Masuras yep. was good, which I feel like that guy's way too in- inconsistent. But I think uh, Atalanta is going to have most of the ball. And when they don't have the ball, they're going to be high-pressing Olympiacos into making a lot of fouls. So this could be a really sticky situation. I'm not sure if a three-man backline would be best for this. I think maybe keeping it a little bit more organized in a 4-3-3 where I think they're a little bit more comfortable in and, you know, try not to concede early. That might be their best shot. But Atalanta has so much. Like I said, Atalanta have so much quality. It's going to be so hard to stop them. It's going to be so hard to stop them. Right. Even And even with, we'll say, this this little run run of form, this downhill run of form that they've had this last month. Look, yeah. I had said in a in a previous episode of ours that you know what maybe beforehand it was like a two or three percent chance we go by, and with a, a run of form like this that saw them kind of struggling here and there, maybe it goes up to like ten if fifteen percent max. But it's still we're nowhere close to being favorites in a in a match like this. But how would you suggest a Libyakos? Really, you know, regardless of what Martins is going to do, four three three. What should he do to try and get the most out of this? Stack the midfield, force things down the wings. What have you seen teams do against Atalanta that has uh, been successful against them in the run of play? Um, first of all, your your chances are lower than I expected, and they're actually lower than mine. But it's sort of in the same vicinity. I think the best way to really go about with Atalanta is you got to get them on the counterattack because they're going to, they're going to have possession of the ball. They definitely are. They just have to be able to stop the, they play a lot on the wings. They throw a lot of the balls to their wing backs and try to beat the opponents with speed. And they have a lot of their midfields that do a lot of the grunt work. So if they do lose the ball, they're very, they, they're, they're physical in that, in that midfield so they don't so they retain that ball again 
Uh, I think the best bet for Olympiacos if they wanna try to get any sort of result, they gotta press them. They gotta press them and press them. Don't let cover the wings because their wing backs are the ones that do a lot of the damage because they have a lot of speed and they have a lot of weapons, like I said. So counterattack. <laughs> Counterattack. I think that's what we were all expecting anyway. Yeah. Most of us, if we see a back three, uh, there was discussion about maybe using a 3-5-2 instead of the 3-4-3. Three, three. Um, but again, the problem is going to be the midfield because right now we don't really have a midfielder that is able to close down passing lanes besides Bukalakis, but you can't play Bukalakis and Yana Vila together. Yeah. It's, it's never looked too good. So we find ourselves similar. here. Exactly. We find ourselves in a little bit of a conundrum here. But then at the same time, when we've played Mari Camara, who hasn't been himself at all this season, with Jan Vila or with Agibu, uh, you know, even in that midfield three, they, it just is Swiss cheese. None of them have been able to really defend that well. Jan is a little slower. Mari, who used to be the aggressive go-getter of the ball, is just all over the place, out of position, not really good. So it's this is going to be a tough one for us. Now, I want your honest opinion here. Mm. Is there hope for Olympiacos? Forget your odds. You tell me it and be as you 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 are. You watch Olympiacos, you're following Serie A, you're the foremost authority on this side of the Atlantic when it comes to Serie A. You tell us what you believe is going to happen. Does Olympiacos have a shot at doing this? I mean, there's always a shot. I mean, we got to be realistic here. You know, you can well, always have a exactly. bad game. You yeah. know, you know, there's two legs. Anything could happen. If they, if they don't manage to concede a lot in Bergamo and uh, when they're playing in Italy, maybe they could do it at Karaiskaki. I don't know. Uh, if I were to give a percentage, I'd probably give 80, 80, 20, 80 to Atalanta that they're going to progress. And they're the heavy favorites, 100%. Is, no ifs, ors, and buts. They, they have so much quality. The past three seasons, they qualified for the Champions League and expensed for some other top teams. So they know they know how to grind it out. They they are no it's it's not their first rodeo. They have a lot of quality. They have a really good coach. And yeah, like I said, there's hope, of course, but Atalanta are heavy favorites for this one. Oh yeah. You gave us better odds than I did. <laughs> I mean, you you counted on Biakosa out a little too much. Five percent, jeez. <laughs> well, I, I said if Atalanta were in form, I gave yeah. them five percent. With okay. the uh, with some of the struggles, I I, I upped it a little bit. Okay. Um, but let so then give me your your score. What do you think? Give me a, a hot take. What is your score? I I was predicting a two one loss. And I thought that was being a little generous, to be honest with you. But give me give me what you think the odds are. I mean, okay. Atalanta, one of the – I think they're top three in most goals scored in Serie A. And Serie A is the hardest league to score in. So that's another thing. But also another thing, their star striker is in there. So they have been struggling in in finishing chances. chances. But if, if they get – if they're clinical and they get a score early, this can – Aggregate this could this could turn ugly. This could be three, four, five goals even. But you know, if if Olympiacos managed to keep it quiet early on and not concede early, it could be a three-one maybe. Three-one. Okay. I think. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. Okay. Like, no, I, I hey, I asked for your honest yeah, opinion. No, I'm being, I'm, yeah, I'm being honest. If they if they can keep it tight and stuff, three goals in two games against Atalanta, that's that that's not the worst. Oh, so you're saying three one aggregate is uh yeah, is aggregate. what you're thinking. Aggregate. Oh, okay. If yeah, if they're not, you know, if they're not in the best of form, what I mean. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, and you know the the funny thing is, and we've talked about this before, you know. Got a sky key used to be the castle for us, you know. Like we, mm. things always turn. It didn't matter who it was, but lately yeah. that hasn't always been the case. Yeah. And yeah. now these days it's, ugh, you know, especially if we don't have fans in the stadium. Oh, forget it. Exactly. I, you know, I'm worried. I'm worried at that point. We don't know what the situation is going to be like in Greece. Hopefully, you know, they let us have more than ten percent. Hopefully, it's more like fifty percent. Like it's going to be at the Bergamo. Gosta will be there, boys and girls. So check out. He's going to be doing some uh, live vlogging awesome. uh, of his time there. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Um, and then, Michael, as we begin to wrap up here, I have another question for you. If Olympiacos pulls off the miracle here, the miracle that I am, I am hoping for, is this bigger than the major upset that we had when we beat Arsenal two years ago? 100%. Everyone, first of all, I have nothing against Arsenal, but everyone hypes up Arsenal like they're <laughs> huge. They're not. They're not a huge team. They're not a huge. If Atalanta played in the Premier League with all that hype, they'd be considered uh, the Invincibles. Look what they did. But it's not talked about as much because uh, Serie A don't. They don't produce that kind of hype that the the Prem does. Atalanta are an incredible, incredible team, and what they've done the past few years is pretty remarkable. Of you know, causing so many upsets with doing such with such little money, they've been breaking records. Yeah. It's it's literally amazing. So if Olympiacos somehow managed to get through it, it would a hundred percent be bigger than uh, defeating Arsenal. A hundred percent for me personally. Yeah, and besides, Olympiacos has played Arsenal so many times these days. They're becoming <laughs> yeah. they're becoming a, a you know we love them. We love seeing them in Europe because it's. Uh, you know, I take our odds against them more than other teams. And it's been said that uh, this Atalanta team is probably, besides maybe Wolves when we played them a couple years ago, is probably the most powerful team in Europa League in knockouts that we've played against, especially sure. under Pedro Martins. For sure. And even against the Wolves, to be honest, I think Olympiacos could have knocked them out. I think they played I, well. Yeah. I, I, was, I was a little mad how I think they could have done a little bit better and... You know, people just assumed all oh, wolves are better, and that's it. But it was right. much closer than than a lot of people took it um, took credit for. I think uh, I would agree with you there, man, one hundred percent. Well, boys and girls, uh, it's about that time. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for your insight. There's a lot of great things for people to think about ahead of this game today. Now, uh, before we get going, uh, tell tell everybody where they can follow you. And if you guys have anything, anything going on that you want to tell them about so that they can follow, uh, give them a shot right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could follow on Twitter at, uh, at IFTV official. Check us out there. We talk uh, a lot about set, pretty much yeah, everything said. Yeah. And whenever I can, I always scout out the Greek players over there. So I've been following Kyriakopoulos a lot, Edsos um, over there. Um, who am I missing? Oh, Nicolao for Spezia. I think I'm all oh, Liko Yanis for Cagliari. So definitely whenever they do something good, I'm always uh, all over them and uh, promoting them. So I hope, I hope we get more Greeks in Serie A because it, it's, I, it's what I don't want to be biased, but it's a, it's a very good league. And 
in the top five leagues, Serie A is only separated by two points for the first and third place, so has a real has a real run for the championship, which is uh, exciting stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, Adi, I wanted to thank you for for having me on, and it's gonna be a great game on Thursday. I can't wait for it. It's gonna it's gonna be a lot of excitement, and hopefully, I just hope it's not a blowout. I just hope it's a competitive game. I think that's the biggest thing of this. To, if Olympiacos could show they can at least go toe to toe or do something, or at least they're not scared against Atalanta, I think the, uh, that would be very progressive of them and positive news to take away from. I I agree with you there. For when for me, I have not enjoyed the play this season. This is the mm. worst team we've seen under the Pedro Martins era for sure. Yeah. Uh, if we just sit and soak up pressure all game and get clobbered, yeah, uh, you know, it's gonna be a bad news. Bad news. Exactly. I for for me, it's I don't think many people are expecting us to get a lot out of this anyway. I'd rather mm-hmm. see us just you know what put put an effort put a great effort out there. I want to see. I just want to see the guys playing for whoops playing for this right here and that's what i want to see and as long as i see that you know we get knocked out we get knocked out but they put their best foot forward and they showed that they wanted to win that's what i care about that's what i want to see and i know that's what my co-hosts want to see for sure i mean there's no it would be no disappointment uh to to lose against uh, this atalanta team it'd be no you know there it's it was a tough team and if olympiacos did a little bit more to secure top spot we would have been talking about other things, but you know, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, you know. Yes, it is. That's so true. Well, boys and girls, if you haven't done it already, check out the channel, like and subscribe if you haven't done so, so you can keep up with all the content coming from your favorite red and white team. And don't forget, we're gonna have post match after the game. So on Thursday, guys, watch this space. A lot of stuff's gonna be happening. And until next time, this is Gate Seven International. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Stomialo katimajiko.